0: Or you can click the link in the show notes and show your support financially. We appreciate it and we thank you in advance. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence podcast. I am so grateful that you are here for another episode and you are going to be glad you're tuning in because I have an incredible guest today with an incredible story that you are going to glean so much wisdom and value from. I just know it. I have here with me today, Paul Fortune, who was born with cerebral palsy and it was so severe that the doctors actually told his mother that he would never be able to walk. Thank goodness for a wonderful mom and a great mindset that was not his destiny. Although it was not easy, he was able to overcome and be able to live a very active life. And today, as a mindset coach, Paul shares his story along with all the lessons he's learned with his clients to help them overcome obstacles in their lives as well. So welcome to the show, Paul.
1: Thank you, Michelle. I'm glad to be here.
0: I am super glad to have you and I'm so excited to hear your story. So for my listeners who are not familiar with you, tell us who you are and how you came to do the work that you're doing now.
1: Okay, well, that all started as you read a little bit in my bio as a uh, young infant. Uh, when I was born, I was born with uh, cerebral palsy and if your viewers don't know what that is, that's lack of lack oxygen to the brain at labor. And as a result of that, causes uh, poor motor skills, and could cause uh, paralyzation to one side of the body. And apparently, uh, with my case, it was so severe that the doctors said that I would never be able to walk, and I should be used to being in a wheelchair. Well, thank goodness for my great mom, she didn't take that diagnosis and, and give up. She got a second, third, fourth, fifth, finally found somebody that would help me. And that's basically how my journey started. 10 years of physical uh, therapy every single day. And I remember, you know, or I don't remember this, but I was able to walk at, at three, which was my first feat. You know, I don't remember being three, but being able to walk, I wasn't supposed to do that. So I'll say that was a great feat on, on my behalf there. And then I remember at five, I was put for the soccer for the, uh, for the first time. And uh, I could only run 25, 50 yards at the most where these other kids are running laps. And I remember feeling so defeated going, why can't I just be one of these kids that could just run laps all over the place? And, and here I am just being able to do 25, 50 yards and my dad having to tell the coach he can only run to the lap po- lamp post and back. And these other kids are doing way more. Um, but then I got a break. Uh, when I'm seven years old, I got surgery on my right foot. To give me a little bit more spring in my step and give me a little bit more mobility and i didn't test this out yet but i changed schools around the same time and i remember my first day of physical education uh you know stretching and like like what you're supposed to do after that okay take a lap and i'm thinking to myself oh no here we go again i'm gonna stand out the teasing's gonna begin again because i can't run more than 25 50 yards but something different happens. I didn't like, again, I didn't test it out yet, but when I started running, I ran past the, the point where I'm normally having to stop and I'm keeping up with the kids saying to myself, come on, Paul, keep going, buddy. You got this, you got this buddy. And I, and I finished the lap with everybody else. And on the outside, I kept it real cool because you know, I want to look cool in front of the other kids. But on the inside, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Finally, the first time in my life, I didn't stick out. I was just one of the kids. And and from that point on, it got easier, but I wouldn't consider it easy. Uh, again, I transferred schools going into junior high. And being a new kid in junior high is tough with no disability. Imagine being a new kid with a disability. It was brutal. I mean, I was bullied, teased pretty much every single day. It, and it got to the point where I was crying in my room saying, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I be one of the other kids? And Something happened midway through eighth grade. I just got sick of it. I get sick of crying, being angry. And I thought to myself, what can I do to change this? What, what can I do to distract myself from feeling this pain and anger? And I thought to myself, well, why don't I set a goal to distract myself? And uh, I, as a kid, I used to love watching baseball. So I thought to myself, why not try to make my varsity high school baseball team? So from that point on, That's I played a winter thing, ball, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, you know, you know, being, you know, a young kid really not knowing what I'm up against. Like, why not? Why not try?
0: Go big or go home.
1: <laughs> That's right. So I played winter ball, spring ball, summer ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the ball all day long and something uh, miraculous happened. I thought miraculous anyway. Uh, when I changed my mindset about what I wanted to do, the kids changed their mindset about me instead of bullying me and picking on me. They started rooting for me. they saw that I had this intense goal and they, they, they were rooting that I made it and thank goodness I was able to make it my junior and senior year. I played varsity baseball and I took this new mindset I had throughout my careers. So when I graduated college, you know, 20, 22, 23 years old, like any other 22, 23 year old person we don't know what we want to do. So I'm like, uh, well, I had a family friend that got into the mortgage industry. Let me try that. And, uh, for, for the longest time I really enjoyed it. I was actually really, really good at it. And then 2008, 2009 hit the economy changed and the government put a lot of restrictions on us as mortgage professionals, which some of it's rightfully so, but some of it was just tough because for instance, I had to say my mortgage license number and to every single time I had a customer, and we'd have these secret shoppers that would call me. And if I didn't say my license number, if I got hit enough, I could be penalized and I could be fired. So no instead pressure, of like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wasn't really listening to the client anymore because in my head I'm like, oh, did I, did I hit my cues? Did I say this? Did I say that? Because it was all regulated. And I started to kind of lose the, my, the luster of wanting to do it because it wasn't about the customer's needs anymore. It was So I wouldn't get fired. You know, more or less. And I remember about six years ago, uh, they hired a uh, motivational speaker to do a, a talk for us, the sales team, to, to um, uh, you know pump up the volume. And he blew me away. He was awesome. And so I had to talk to him afterward because I wanted to say, "Man, that was awesome. That was great." And he was gracious. I asked him how he got into it. Told me all he, you know, told me all the steps he did to get into what he was doing. So I thought to myself, why don't I try that? Why don't I come up with something like that? So I started thinking about why don't I become a life coach? So I got my career or I got my coaching certificate and I started putting it out in the universe. I'm a life coach. I'm a life coach. And then I got all my finances in order because I knew, you know, starting a new business, obviously, you're not going to make the same money. You're probably going to lose money, actually. And, uh, and I got my everything in order. And I've taken the leap of faith, and I'm doing this full-time now as a mindset coach, life coach, whatever you want to call me. And I'm here happy to talk with you today.
0: Wow. What a story. What a story. And you, I thank you because you've given me a lot to ask questions and unpack um, in there. But wow, what a story. So I want to actually go all the way back to the beginning uh, when you... So you said you were in a wheelchair, but you don't have memory of being in a wheelchair. No,
1: no, I was never in, I was never in a wheelchair. The, uh, I misspoke. the The doctor told my mom that she better get me used to being in a wheelchair because I was never going to be able to walk, but I was never in a, in a, in a wheelchair because gotcha. of my mom.
0: So kudos to mom, by the way, for having such a strong mindset and for, I, I can almost tell that she gave you those messages as a kid that you then sort of internalized into your own narrative and self-talk. Cause when you were talking about, you know, uh, sort of cheering yourself on, you know, as a kid, like, come on, Paul, you can do this, you can do this. That's something that you don't naturally do as a person who hasn't been introduced to positive self-talk. So when you were younger, what kinds of things did your mom say to you? Like when you struggled and and I'm sure as all kids, I don't want to do this. It's hard. Don't make me do it. You know, those kind of things. How did your mom um, respond to you?
1: Well, well, first off, I owe my mom a lot. She was my voice. I was not, you know, I was an infant. I didn't have a voice and she was my voice and thank goodness she, she fought for me and because she fought for me, I'm the man I am today. And uh, to answer your question, um, She didn't allow me to have excuses. Um, I mean, like putting me into soccer, knowing that I could only run 25 and 50 yards, it wasn't the point. She wanted me to kind of get into it with the other kids and to, to start to... Because probably for that first, you know, few years of my life, I really, you know, I had, you know, cousins that I hung out with, but I really didn't have too many friends because I was always in this physical therapy type of thing. And she really wanted me to get used to socializing people with, in school. It's no different diversities. And so basically, if I, if I you know, remember, uh, you know, crying about, I don't want to play soccer. I, I stink. I can barely run 25. She's like, no, 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 no. You started this. You have to complete it. And you're going to give it your all. And, and that was her message. Everything I did, everything I did, if I, if, I, if I took tennis lessons or whatever I did, I had at least finish the, the, you know, the session, whatever that was. That, was, that was. She always instilled to in me, you have to finish the session. And she, she would always say, and, and, and she would hate the word can't. She would not allow me to use the word can't. She, that was just a bad word. That was up with the F word with her. Is can't. <laughs> she hated that word. So yeah. So you're right. She did. Uh, she did set my uh, set my set the tone to my mindset today.
0: She sounds like a mama bear of all mama bears, and I love that you always go back to giving her credit. Um, I love that because it just honors the gift that she gave you of that foundation of a positive mindset. And you were able to drink that in and be a sponge and take it in. Um, but what I mean, what a gift. And it also, I mean, she gave you work ethic as well. You know, not quitting, <laughs> you know, not giving up regardless of how you feel, that's part of work ethic. So um, I love that as well. And so, When you were able to start moving your body and run, you know, that day in gym class when you couldn't sort of throw a party (laughs) on the outside, try to play it cool, you know, Um, what was it like for you in terms of how you felt about yourself, looked about your, like, you know, your self-concept, your self-esteem? Because I know you said that, you know, you struggled a little bit, but how did that accomplishment that day how did that impact how you saw yourself and how you felt about yourself?
1: Well, you know, I have to tell you, um, you know, all throughout my childhood, all I wanted to do was basically fit in. I just wanted to be one of the other kids. I didn't want anybody to give me any special treatment because I had cerebral palsy. I wanted just to be like all the other kids, no excuses, do what I needed to do to get through school like any other kid. And, um, uh, I struggled with that. And I struggled that with that for, for the longest time, even in adulthood, because um, the story that I shared with you for the longest time, I was ashamed of that story. Um, because of that very fact, I, I wanted to just to fit in and I didn't want any special treatments. But when I started to uh, discover wanting to be a, a life coach, I thought to myself, if, if I'm going to be vulnerable with if I want my clients to be vulnerable with me, I need to be vulnerable with them you know, and I need to give them some context on why I am a, a mindset coach and where I'm coming from and I can connect better with my clients. So, um, now I, looking back, I see it as a, as a, uh, uh inspirational story at the time, you know, for the longest time I, I was ashamed of it. I, I thought of it as a horrible story that I wanted to keep basically in the closet, but now I wear it as a badge. So I don't know if that answered your question, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I and I I I was bullied in the past as well. Just I'm biracial, so I had a whole slew of <laughs> issues and stuff. And then I grew up without a father and all the all the different things. Um, but I know that kids are mean. I mean, they are. They kids can be really, really rough. Um, even today, you know, back in the day and today, kids can just be really mean. And some kids don't make it out. You know, they don't make it out intact with a self concept, with a with a strong sense of self, or with Um, even liking themselves. And so I think it's just amazing. And that's without having any other challenges. So if you you add on other challenges, it makes it even more difficult. Um, Did you ever feel like you fit in as one of the kids in your like schooling and your growing up years?
1: I did. I did uh, probably through my middle school because from first grade on, when I when I started the new school with my surgery, I was able to pretty much fit in with the other the other kids. And I was there young enough where they kind of accepted that that I walked with a limp, and I you know that I held my right arm a little bit differently than the other kids because I, I I was you know I was so young with them. We kind of just grew up together. And then it wasn't until I got changed schools in junior high where that that intensity went up on me um to the po- put you, to your to your point man man those kids are just especially in junior high that's the worst age because they're you're you're becoming a teenager you, you chemically are changing you're trying to become an adult you're trying to push authority a little bit so that age is tough and and um boy uh <laughs> that that two years was tough
0: yeah, no, But I'm just,
1: you know I, what? I don't know if I would have had that goal if I didn't go through that. I don't know if I would have set that goal of, of, of wanting to to make my varsity baseball team if I had it easy. I, really, I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. So uh, looking back, I, I, I can't, I don't change it.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that. I find that people who have resilience and who come out the other side tend to look back and say, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without those negative experiences. And so I appreciate them All the more. And like you said, it allows you to connect with your clients and be vulnerable with them and say, hey, you're not the only one, you know, and I may not have lived your life and you have not lived my life and my story, but we can connect on that overcoming piece of it, um, which I just I absolutely love. So talk to me about mindset. Um, When you are thinking about your own mindset that shifted and changed and when you think about helping your clients, what are some strategies that you have for getting that overcoming mindset?
1: Uh, I'll tell you what I tell my clients and what I do myself. Um, This is real, real simple, but very hard to keep consistent on doing. Okay. So when you wake up in the morning, wake up, you know, 10 or 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. Okay. And before you grab your phone, before you turn on the television, radio, whatever your routine is, or get out of bed, whatever you're doing, take a few minutes to uh, tell yourself what you're grateful for it could be your spouse, it could be your family, it could be your sense of humor, it could be your great job, whatever it is. And every day, think of something new every single day.
0: Paul, and then you know, I, got, I got to interrupt here because you have been a fly on the wall in my bedroom every day. My gratitude practice starts with just what you're saying. My eyes open, and I started with just one thing that I was grateful for. And I'll be honest with you, the first day it was. I'm grateful to be alive. That was all I had because it was a rough season. Um, But I love that you're starting with the gratitude practice because that is the foundation. So I love that. And I just wanted to say you were in my room. (laughs) That's just what I do. The first thing you do when you open your eyes, gratitude. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and then that starts your day off, right? I'm sure it's starting your day off, right? Because you're, you're thinking of positive things and you're training your mind to look at the positive things. So, Oh, you know, look at I got a coupon on my phone for Starbucks. I get free coffee today. Look it, the, the day's getting better and better, and it just builds and builds and builds. Now, I understand that things are going to happen in your day that might wreck that, and I get it. And I'm not telling you to suppress your, your feelings. If you're angry or sad, by all means, fill feel those feelings. But if you look at things in a more positive light, your, your, your day is going to be better, just, just the opposite. If you're a negative-thinking person – you're going to point out all the negative that's happens like let's say you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire up oh, just my luck it always happens to me i always have the bad luck Well, you don't always have the bad luck because you're looking for the bad luck you're not you're pointing out all the negative that's happening in your day you're not pointing out anything positive that's happening in your day if you reverse it though you're you're gonna have more good days than bad um but again i, I don't want anybody i'm sorry
0: No, I just said exactly. I'm agreeing with you. You said, you know, okay.
1: Yeah. And you, uh, and you don't want to suppress your feelings either. I mean, I'm not telling you to be happy just because you're happy, you know, just be happy. No, be authentic. If if something's making you angry or making you sad, you have a right to feel those feelings, but there's going to be a point in time where you're going to be like, you're going to say yourself, I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. And that, at that point, that's awareness. And then you think to yourself, okay, how can I change this? What plan can I put in place to change my mood so that I can be happier?
0: I love what you're saying because you're talking about being intentional and making a choice and you're right. Whatever you pay attention to, you get more of. It's almost like, um, and I use this on another interview. When you, when you buy that new car, and then all of a sudden, all you see is that model of car on the highway because yep. your brain actually does look for validation of your experiences. And so if you're putting that positive in, your brain's going to look for positive. And I love the phrase you used, and you, you sort of went by it really fast, but you said, train your brain. And I think people forget that we can actually train our brain. And so do you help your clients learn that concept and, and to do that?
1: Absolutely. Um, For instance, I had a client who called me a couple weeks ago and I could tell by the tone of her voice that she wasn't in a good place. And I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, this is going to be a tough one. And I let her vent, let her go over all the stuff that she was going on. I was taking notes on what she was saying and let her get it all out. I said, is everything else out? Yeah. No. And then she kept going. Okay, cool, cool. Keep going. And then she's like, okay, I got it all out. Okay, great. And I, I pointed out all the positives that she was doing because she wasn't looking at the positives. She was looking at everything negative that was going on. I go, you were doing this right. You were doing this right. You were doing this right. And, she's, and then she started realizing it And she was like, you know what? You're right. I was doing that correct and this and that. And by the end of the call, I'm not saying that she was jumping for joy or anything of that nature, but her, her, definitely her tone was way better than it was when I started the phone call and I thought to myself, that was the success.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it speaks to also the importance and benefit of having a coach and having someone to walk the journey with you because when you're in that emotional state, you're not you're not thinking, "Oh, let me change my mindset and you know, train my brain." You're just like feeling all the feels. And so to have someone number one support you by listening and then number two to ask you different questions and make you make you see something different that you're not seeing because you're not focusing on. It. I think that's really powerful. I think that's really powerful. Um, Do you implement any other um, strategies for your clients other than the gratitude practice? Uh,
1: Well, not really. What what I try to do is two two things. Two things is what I I try to do with all my clients is, number one, be an active listener, and number two, empathy. And those two things are my practice. I say to myself every time before I get on a call with a client, those are the two things I remind myself on every single time. And then obviously we'll, i review notes that we discussed, you know, for the past thing. So I'll, you know, give them, I'll have them, I'll, they'll be accountable. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about what I'm going to do, you know, be in between calls and what they're going to do. And we kind of review on what, what the results were on what we were going to do to help each other out. So and I've um, got
0: a question for you on that. Do you yeah. do that for yourself as well? Do you, I,
1: I, I have a coach. I do have a coach. Yeah, but it's, uh, for me, I, I, maybe I need to shift a little bit. For me, though, it's more on the business side of things, just like, you know, where I want to take my business and this type of thing. Uh, I, maybe, I, may, maybe I need to dig into more of a personal thing. Uh, but, but lately, it's been about around the business. I guess that's because of what I've been focusing on. But, yeah, definitely, I still need, you know, work with my personal as well. But lately, it's all been about the business.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're all on a journey. I don't believe in, in ever reaching that per- perfection. We reach the goal. I think we're always on a journey improving, but I was just wondering if you give yourself empathy and if you give yourself that awareness in the moment, um, cause you, you sound like you give so much, you know, you're always putting out, putting out. And I just wonder if you also give that to yourself to maintain your own mindset.
1: Absolutely. I live by the, um, I love the saying, I didn't come up with it, but I love it. Um, you know, when you get on a plane and the flight steward, the flight uh, stewards, whatever you, what you or flight attendant, whatever you call them, um, they say you need to put on your auction mask before you help somebody else. And I live by that by that premise. I got to be right. If, if if I'm expected to help you and what you're needed to be doing, I need to be right myself, because if I'm not, then I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about distractions in my head about my life. I got to be present with, for you for you to be a good coach, I need to be present. And if I'm not present, I'm not doing you a service. So in order for me to be present, I got to do things in my life to make sure that I'm in order to be present.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I always say you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, you've got to be pouring from a full cup that you put into, you know, you pour into yourself and give yourself what you need to be full so that you can pour out. And then you also have room to receive more back in, which is, which is awesome. So what sort of, Um, strategies do you use with yourself? I mean, so obviously the gratitude, but do you implement any other like tools or tips for yourself to make sure that you stay full? Uh,
1: Yes. One of the things that I I do for myself is, um, is I don't beat myself up. I, I try, you know, like there's days where I might be lazy, you know, on a lazy Sunday, you know, where I'm not really doing much. I don't, I, I don't go, oh, you know, you lazy bum, you know, get get up and, you know, do the laundry or whatever you, you know, whatever you need to be doing. I try to think to myself, well, why, why am I, why don't I want to do anything today? What is going on? And, and you know, and then I think about my, my week, and it's a lot of times it's because, you know, I'm go, 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 go. And Sundays is kind of my only day of just like kind of chill. So I, I, I feel like it's my body telling me, you know what? You need to, you need to chill, Paul. You've been going nonstop the whole, you know, for six days straight. Sunday, you finally have a day of rest. Rest. And don't don't think of yourself as being lazy. you have one day where you, you just you know, just kinda lay lay low and just enjoy it. Don't don't beat yourself up because you're not, you know, doing jumping jacks in the backyard or whatever you should be doing, where you think you should be doing.
0: Yeah, I love that. Listening to your body and listening to what you are telling yourself. Because I always say, um, I, I, was, I said this, I don't remember when I said it, but uh, procrastination, you know, people always say, oh, you're a procrastinator and it's a bad thing. And I looked at it as that's me telling myself, I don't want to do that. And maybe I can choose to do something different. Now, if it's, you know, something that you have to do Okay, but you can attach a reward to it so that you associate, okay, I have to do this, but I get the reward. And that way you have sort of a positive habit loop. But I love that you listen to your body and that you you don't allow yourself to talk to yourself in a negative way because you wouldn't talk to someone else that way. And so I love that. I, I definitely wanted to make sure I highlighted that. I love that. I love that. So what is something that you think I should ask you but I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know to ask you, but something that you want the listeners to know.
1: Well, I want to go back to your point about a procrastination because, um, a lot of people work better under pressure. They're more creative and that's just the way they roll. And they, they get a better product, uh, because they procrastinate. So I agree with you. That's not always a bad thing. I, I, um, talking to many authors that have deadlines and, and they just wait till the last minute and they start rolling. But then their mind, their creative juices just start flowing because uh, something about, you know, being under the gun, so to speak, just puts out the creative mindset. So, um, yeah, to, to your point, pe- some people just work better that way. That yeah. You know, they don't need that much time. They they have a window that they, they it's crunch time and now I go. So um, a lot of people work that way. So I want yeah. to... You're acknowledge right.
0: that you're yeah you know you're right and that speaks to I think your point of being self-aware and knowing yourself so that you can sort of work with what your tendencies are so, you know if you if you're that kind of person then it works for you so yeah that, that's a good point
1: well the question that I would ask myself is Paul where do you want to take your business so well, well that's a great question Michelle
0: <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to go with your business? Tell us
1: that's, a, that's, that's awesome. Well, I would love to start to do speaking engagements. I'd love to uh, transition my work to speaking engagements, start doing TEDxs, maybe work up to doing a TED, TED Talk, and then maybe one day selling out arenas, uh, coming out of the floor with my mic on with the green laser light show, and the <laughs> crowd's just cheering. they waiting for me to come out of the elevator to come. Give them some I motivation. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, after COVID, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. This is a long-term plan. This is <laughs> I don't expect to do it in um, the six months when they get an antidote. Hopefully in six months they get an antidote, right? Hopefully. Yeah.
0: Uh, you're, you're in for the marathon, clearly.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: I love that, though, because you have a vision, a big vision that then that gives you room to just continue to walk your journey out, and you don't beat yourself up for being small because your vision is so big and so so out there that any step you take is a positive one. So I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, any 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 progression is progression, right? I and mean, even if it's a small step, it's, it's you're progressing. I tell that to my clients all the time because they they think, oh, you know what? I only did this yesterday. I'm like, you did something. You know, don't beat yourself up. You, you did something. You're moving forward. Stop that. Stop thinking about what you think you should be doing and doing what you think, or just do it. The Nike, Like the Nike commercial says, just do it, stop thinking. I think right. that's what we do all, all the time, is we, we overthink things, we, we make things so much more complicated than they really need to be, and all we need to do is just take that first step, and all of a sudden, you make the second step, and we just start, now momentum's building, right? We start moving forward, and, 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 and you start to go, oh, you know what, I'm really enjoying myself here, I'm having a good time. And I, and I think you alluded to it a little bit, too. It's not always about the destination. destination it's about the journey. And I have this analogy. When you see a, a, a little kid and they're building their Legos, the, the time that they're having the most fun is when they're actually building Legos, right? I mean, they sure, I'm sure they have fun when they tell their mom, look at what I built, obviously. But I would say that they're more, mostly content when they're actually creating something. So, you know, I feel like that that we should have that same mindset when we're going after our goals. We need to embrace that journey. I know that every step of the journey is not going to be great, obviously. I mean, if you're setting a a lofty enough goal, which hopefully uh, a lot of us are, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, oh, man, this is tough. But but overall, you need it, you should be present with it and go, you know what? I'm building towards something. This is great. And you know, and, and enjoying it, enjoying every piece of it. And that's because, part of
0: the process too. You know, those downtimes yeah. and those those dark moments, that's part of the process. And let's face it, if you're walking and taking a step, you're beating everybody who is still on the couch.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then if you talk to people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, they don't talk about what they did. They don't regret what they did. They they talk about what they didn't do. That's what they talk about, their regrets. They don't talk about, oh, you know, I did do that. They talk about, oh, man, I should have done that.
0: Yeah, and, like I and missed that
1: moment. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Do it. I mean, and I, I think a lot of people worry about what other people think. Like, when you set up a lofty goal, you're worried about the sn- snickers. Like, I, I have a friend, um, he – Uh, he has a lofty lofty goal he wants to uh, be interviewed by Oprah and when people when he says that to people people are like get out of here buddy you ain't gonna do that but uh, he you know has the strength and the courage to say it out loud and I, I respect him for that because he doesn't care what other people think of that goal that's his goal and and by all means go for it and I hope he gets there but it's you mean, know but you, you,
0: I love that. He he's yeah. owning that. And yeah. you know when you say something out loud, you make room for it in the earth and who knows? She's a lot more accessible nowadays because everything's virtual. So you never know.
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely right.
0: I love that. I love that. So, if people wanted to work with you because they are just like I like this guy. I like the way he works. I love his mindset and the way he implemented himself, so he can lead me to do it as well. Where can they find you? How can they contact you? Where can they get more of you?
1: The easiest way to get a hold of me is my website. It's a call to and my cell phone's number right on my website. So if you're the type of person that doesn't want to be looking at a lot of web websites and stuff like that, my cell phone's on the very top. You can just call me and we can set up an appointment and see if we're a right fit for each other. Um, if you like podcasts, obviously you do because you're listening <laughs> to this one right now. I also do a podcast called Actions and Limits. Uh, and, you know, And our message is, if you can believe, you can achieve. So we try to interview people and we try to uh, find out their journey path and I want to know what their successes are and their failures. And, and when I talk about their failures, I want to know how they got over that so that other people can learn from, from their, their failures.
0: Yeah. because It was exactly. a lesson. Exactly. And I think the more people hear different people's stories, because sometimes you can hear something from one person, but yeah, okay. I get it. But when you hear it from another person, Somehow it resonates, even though it's the same thing. And so I love that. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes so you guys can just click and go, click and go. Um, and I love that. I love that. So what, what do you want to leave our listeners with? What is like the one or two things that you really want to drive home and, and have them walk away from this, this conversation with?
1: The one thing I want to uh, leave your listeners with is this, that every single person has a unique ability. It could be anything. And you just got to go and find what it is and let the world know, share it with the world that you are special and you have something unique. You can share with us.
0: I love that. I love that. Be aware of it. Own it. Shout it to the world. And Paul is going to back you up.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) I love that. This has been so motivating. Like I am, I feel really pumped right now. (laughs) Punk of the world. I love it. I love it. Paul, thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed myself. You made me feel very comfortable. Thank you.
0: Awesome. This has really been an awesome conversation. I am. Um, <laughs> this has been an awesome conversation. I had to, I had to mute because there was a motorcycle going by. <laughs> um, but this is really, I, like I said, I'm truly motivated and energized. I think that it is so incredible that you were able to take what was not like take what what hands, what cards you were dealt, the hand you were given, and you were able to play a winning game with it. And I just love that you are gifting that mindset, that perspective, that experience to other people, because it's so needed today. And your energy is so motivating. And like I said, I'm pumped. I'm going to go conquer the world. So I just am so grateful to have had you on and I will be there. In the stands yelling, Paul, Paul, as you rise up. <laughs>
1: <Thank> you. <laughs> I'll point off. to you. I'll say hi, Michelle. <laughs> you knew me well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you had faith in me.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listeners, this has been an awesome one. I know you're probably gonna listen again. Whenever you need like a jolt of motivation, put this episode on. Listen to it again, because I know I will, because it definitely got me energized. And as I always say, And Paul alluded to this as well on the journey. Keep walking in on your journey of life. Always, always keep walking. Never stop walking because if you continue to walk and put one foot in front of the other, you will reach your destiny. And on the journey, do what Paul does. Do what I do. Implement gratitude. Always, always choose gratitude.